It's time for Who Watch Time and Relative Blackness in Space. It's Bayana Connie and Robin coming to you live from the Time Vortex. We're continuing our Blue Ballot Box series where we discuss one episode from each season of New Who based on our nominations and your votes. Today, we are discussing episode 11 of Doctor Who season 4, Midnight. A oh, banger. A banger. A banger. Just, I hate Midnight. You're the only one. <laughs> In this episode, the doctor rides solo, Donna practices self-care, and humans are the worst. The worst. Oh, my Even God. I mean, literally, when I was re-watching it, because I knew it was, like, going to be some, like, you know, commentary on how, like, xenophobic and against the yes. other human beings. Yeah. Yes. And I was like, but this is really just an episode of, like, we are trash. We are a trash species. <laughs> we are all trash. <laughs> and even when given the opportunity to not be trash. Be trash. When given multiple trash. opportunities to not be trash, we choose trash every time. Every time. <laughs> I was just like, geez, like, all right, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> Literally, it was just like, wow, these people would have voted for 45 or Brexit yeah. or whatever. Both. We least half have, of them. Yes. That mama. And then the she racial was... dynamics in this episode. Like, I don't, you know, white people wrote it. So it's like, I don't know how on purpose it was but that's just how ingrained it is in society so that it comes through even when i doubt that it was like as explicit as it comes off to a black viewer yeah i mean i i had the similar question about i think it was westworld season two where it like the way that one i'm not gonna like go full in detail but like the way that one of the characters was handled in my head i was like or really two of the characters and both like how they it's went about their yes but it um and the other is uh evan rachel wood ah. like the way that they went about their character arcs and then even when they were interacting with each other mm-hmm. it just felt like it just like felt super true to like life but then i was like i haven't had time to check out the writer's room for that show because i just forgot but in the way that it was happening i was like is this on purpose or did you just luck into this like really apt like <laughs> you know what i mean like just yeah. representation or not representation but just like representation of how those dynamics actually work in the real world right. um and so that's what like this kind of felt like like y'all just kind of lucked into this because of casting or was this like a deliberate like honestly what i think happened was they were trying to do something at least with the character i'm thinking of right now they're trying to do something with like the the age difference but Mm. because of the casting the racial thing also just like really racial age and 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 sex and and gender gender. yeah Yeah. it was just like they just hit so much because that is a good question on whether or not like Dee Dee and the hostess were intentionally black or if they were just colorblind casting them as black and then if the writing at all changed which I kind of doubt um but if anything changed when they were cast differently because if those were white characters 
the gender and age politics would have remained the same, but the racial dynamics wouldn't have been there. So it, it's just interesting to think about like what it would have looked like if the cast were differently um, arranged. Because I, I just you know the poli- the racial, I mean the gender stuff and the age stuff are very deliberate. But I don't know that all the race stuff is deliberate because Russell exactly. wrote this, right? <laughs> Right. I mean, like, exactly. uh, he might be That's seeing okay. stuff in the real world, you know, like he might he might be out there. But also the way he wrote Martha, I just he might not be out there. You know, he's yeah. not. And that's and that's like one of the things like, I mean, and it was like a similar thing with Westworld. Not that they like I'd have to rewatch. But usually when I rewatch that show, I'm rewatching for the plot and trying to untangle that versus like, <laughs> you know, actual, <laughs> you know, like racial representation or like uh dynamics and stuff yeah and all that kind of stuff because Mm -hmm. it's enough just trying to figure out what's happening um i definitely like it's one of those where you're like okay are y'all really about that life or are you just you just happen to really like hit it this time it just weren't it just like actually yeah because i also wonder if other viewers who are not black are catching that yeah yeah like do they know that like that is just what happens like the stuff that happens with the black char- the black women characters is just like y'all know that that happens <laughs> right like uh, and I, mean, I also want that, like, to like we just like dived into the racial and gender politics of this whole thing but I also want to like say because um, Netroots Nation just happened this weekend and there's this dynamic um, this is within like you know democratic progressive politics but like mm. this dynamic of like and this is African-Americans because of politics, but like young blacks and then respectability old blacks where you got to like earn your place. And there's like a conservatism mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And I also got that between the steward, cause the steward, the hostess. Sure. She's not a stewardess. I mean, the hostess is older <laughs> and like very quickly leans to the side of like, I'll do it. Like she's the first yeah. person that's like, I'll murder this. Like, <laughs> so let's the, go. Like, like, it ain't no problem. It ain't no problem. What's the question um, again? Like, we already doing it, <laughs> right? And like, has no at least it, her moral conundrum is much shorter. Before she's like, yeah. listen, me versus y'all. Like that kind of survivor's instinct. Uh-huh. Um, so I also like caught that too. So it was very interesting because of the fact that like. You have the two black women you have, but then also the age difference and also the positions of power or non-power that they hold within the episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like they were doing something, but I don't trust <laughs> they were actually doing something. Yeah. I mean, well, no, I think that they did something. It's really a matter of like, did they intend to do right. what they did? You <laughs> know what I mean? Cause it, cause it hit, like it did, ha- they did it. You know? Yeah. Um, but you know, then it's like, was that the intention? And in this case, you know, it's like the intent versus impact conversation. But in this case, it's like a positive, yeah, like, or like or like opposite, you know. So yeah. So okay, just like rewind. <laughs> it's like we know uh, y'all listeners have seen this episode because it's a banger, and right. On a, uh, it's only on Robin's skip list, like, and it's not even on your skip list. You say you watch yeah, this episode. That's not even true. You just dislike I've it because it's scary. It, like I've I've probably watched it each time I'm like deliberately doing a rewatch. But when I'm just turning on Doctor Who and I like love it's Donna, it's not like a go-to episode. Donna seasons, I will skip it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, <laughs> well, like through Donna episodes, I will skip it. 
Well, so not I think it's like, bad. I don't. I'm. I'm not right. stupid. It's just. Yes. It's just. Right. It's not. It's unsettling. It's intense. Yeah. And I. And I will say that, like for me, like um, when I think about my favorite Doctor Who episodes, they're mostly like fun and silly episodes and like more lighthearted. Mm. And so, like general, on my like top ten, if I'm just talking about like my favorites or ones that I'll go back to more often midnight is not on that Mm. but if you want to talk about like the best episode like midnight is i feel like still might be the best episode of new who over silence in the library i think so honestly like i separate silence in the library is my favorite but i don't think it's the best like technically Mm. and like as a tight like its Mm. own Mm -hmm. story you know what i mean yeah 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 midnight is definitely Top five writing and directing, like yeah, for sure, and acting and acting, yeah. It's definitely like as yeah, the word you use technically is yeah. definitely apt because it it does hit all the like I think it won. I was looking it up and it won a Welsh BAFTA for sound design. I think it won another <laughs> award for the sound design because um, it's one of the only episodes I think of Doctor Who, or at least it's the first um, of all of Who to not show the villain, like whatever the Mm. antagonist of this episode is, we don't ever see it properly. So it's the first episode to do that. And so like on the TARDIS wiki, it was saying that like they had to rely on obviously the acting and the sound design to really, um, you know, push forward the suspense and the, and you know, the, the fear of this creature that we have never never (laughs) ever seen. They really did do that. And so it's definitely one of the most tightly written episodes because like the way that each character is so quickly identified like their characterizations are immediate like you can tell who each person is the moment you meet them and then when it escalates and they all start turning on each other it's all so tightly in character from the brief moment that we met them you know like we it feels like we've known them a little longer and we know exactly how they're going to react and they kind of react exactly how you think they're going to even though you don't want them to because you want them to be better <laughs> right also this is a bottle episode which is always fun and bottle episodes are all also um often this would make a great play it's yeah probably yeah. like a thing that has happened in a play and i feel like for some reason, I, that's what I was on the TARDIS wiki looking for and that I forgot. Um, I feel like it's based on a concept or, like, a story. You know, like, stories like are told. Like a trope? Yeah, but, like, stories are told, like, Rashomon or whatever. And so, like, there's a thing that this is like where it's, like, put everybody in a room and everyone, the paranoia kind of, like, spirals mm-hmm. out of control. Like, I feel like that is a trope. Um, yeah. But I forgot to look up what it was. <laughs> and it's very much about, you know, the human psyche. Like, like the, I think part of the reason why it's great that and then we could start like rewind again but one of the the reasons that's great that we don't actually see the villain is because like honestly the villain is really the human like (laughs) so like yeah you don't see them and like yeah at in at the end of the day like it's manipulating the situation but again like the way that the doctors talk like he has to convince them not to hurt it versus convincing it not to hurt them so that's kind of that's where the tension comes from like there it's them getting there you know they're getting all worked up whereas like the monsters just you know looking at them (laughs) (laughs) it's it's so enjoying it though she's like 
looking at them like she's watching television. She's yes. just like, <laughs> you know, yeah, like this is entertaining. Like, what can Don't I do next? Destroy themselves, basically. Mm-hmm. What can yeah. I do next? Like, I don't even have to do nothing. This is such an easy mm-hmm. job for me. This is why no one's ever been on this planet before. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Speaking Truly of, so themselves. at the beginning of this episode, the doctor, goes, <laughs> the doctor and Donna go to a planet that no one's ever been to before, or like. I guess the idea is that it's an empty planet, but this leisure palace has been plopped there because, you know, humans will gentrify anything. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, oh, let's put a spa on the planet. That's the thing is like, and I like, I love the levels of that because it starts off with humans doing shit they shouldn't be doing. They had no business being on that planet in the first place. It's uninhabited. Like they have, it's no air. It's like, especially created to say right it literally it's basically a big ass planet that's saying get the fuck away from me humans and all living creatures and then the humans are like we in here for what you could have just left that alone find another planet that y'all could actually breathe on you know but instead because humans are who they are they're just like we're gonna do this and we're gonna make money from it all humans are veruca salt (laughs) Willy Wonka you know I want it now. Don't care how. Because it's just like, yeah. So it's one of those things where, like, I I appreciate how they set it up before even get like you know before even getting to the the monster. It's just very much a like colonialist narrative and very Mm -hmm. much them like, oh, you can't do these. And then and then like marketing these things as like reasons to come to the. (laughs) Place, right yeah. they're like it's uninhabitable there's no air no one's ever seen it's like diamond what's it called and yeah. like all this stuff sapphire waterfalls. Um, sapphire waterfalls and they're just like it's all so exotic and like amazing and whatever when really all those things that they're saying should be reasons to stay away <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and then of course you know they're talking about oh it's rape it's harmful to all living creatures like the professor is like making this whole thing about like how there's no way anyone could live here and like all this stuff and it just feels very much like no creature could live here because I can't even fathom a creature that does not look like me or have or to exist need in my things that my body needs. Right, right. that my body needs. Like, it's, yeah, to say and that, like just, nothing can survive there is like how do you know? How do you know that? How do you know that? You know what I mean? And then on top of that, like it, it yeah, just like the the rhetoric around it is very much like you know, going into, like, the new world and it, like, being, you know, it's open and free and, like, just waiting um, for us to land on it and, like, all this stuff. And then, and, and then you're find out. That they can't you're like, live oh. here properly. But, yeah, so I just, I feel like, honestly, thinking about it from the way it's set up, like, I'm rooting for the monster. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, so oh, y'all shouldn't be here in the first it, place. Like, part of me is like, y'all kind of brought this on yourselves. But I think that that works with the story. Like, yeah. I feel like that works with what's going on. And yeah. the humans give you no reason to root for them, any, like, even when things become more contained. Mm-hmm. Um, and not so, like, you know, big concepts or whatever. But, like, yeah. It's like, honestly, they just, the, 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 the creature is doing what it has to do. It has a, like, you immediately are like, well... It has a point. <laughs> yeah, like, like, you know, it's making valid points. It's like you're, you're on, on, it's, you're on its planet saying, yeah. you know, with a tour bus, like right. going trying to see my going castle, off like, the off the beaten path. Like right. clearly, they've been on this. Like this tour has been going on for a while. Because the professor, I forget what number he says, but like this is not like his first rodeo. It. Yeah. 
And so said, he's like, I've been on here 14 times. And you're like, all right, sir. <laughs> like, why, why? Find like, something else to do. Go somewhere else. But um, hey, as, a, as a Disneyland fan who has been, <laughs> who has seen right. Captain EO. You're right. That's right. a good point. But, An endless amount of time. You like what you like. But like, he's been on this one voyage where you don't even see anything. Until you get there. Uh, until you get there. And then you look at it from behind a glass for like maybe 15 minutes. And then you. People go yeah. to the Grand Canyon. Explain it to me. I don't know. It's a hole in the ground. The people Canyon, people so. love it. Exactly. But at least they could walk around it. At least on the way there, you see the scenery. Right. I assume that she's things on the way there. down. <laughs> But it's interesting that they've had this tour going for a while, and then the creature has not bothered them on the path that they chose initially, but then when they had to do this detour is when the creature was like, okay, hold up. Hold up a second. Well, I think that that part of it is that they've probably, like, I mean, who knows how long it took for them to, like, set all this up. So they might have, like figured and also you know they're saying no but it's uninhabited who like the the company that runs leisure palace might know otherwise um and it seems like the path that they usually take is like the one that they're like this is safe and like this is the one we know works and then they go off and then they're kind of just like flying blind but in their head because they've been there for so long they're just like oh yeah it's fine yeah yeah no that's what i'm saying though is that like (coughs) on the half on behalf of the leisure palace They've chosen this route that is deemed the safe one, but also on behalf of the creature, plural, question mark, um, creature that lives on this planet, it hasn't bothered them on this particular safe path, and it's kind of let them rock for a minute, and then something happens on that path, which could be the creature, like, who knows what is the, whatever the reason why they couldn't continue on that path that particular Mm. day. It could have been the creature, like, please leave me alone, finally, but also... It could have just something else could have happened, and then they just instead of going back, <laughs> going back to the place until well, the they knew clear, it was going to be a detour clear. before they left. Oh, so instead of canceling, yeah, they were just like, "We're going to do it anyway. <laughs> Let's do it live." And so it's interesting to me that like it only starts to bother them when they go off that beaten path. That I think they'd had some sort of subtle like, "All right, I'll let y'all rock on this way." But if you detour off this path, I'm coming for you. Yeah, fair <laughs> it's an game. Interesting thought uh, on behalf of the inhabitants of the planet. Right. Yeah. Um, but Donna doesn't <laughs> find out because Listen. she is tired. Listen, Donna. I, this is one reason why Donna's my fave because which, I, which I one is the episode before? I can't remember. Silence but like in the library. Yeah, like she has so, gone through it. I always remember yes. like she had gone through it. Yeah, and she was like sunbathing. Yeah, <laughs> and like and like you know, this is as far as we know because we know that like they can they they like to pack in you know in the comics and in other stuff like it's time travel. So they could have done things between the two, but as far as we know, this is the last trip that they've gone on. So she just needs some time, you know, to yeah. herself. And I respect and knowing it. the doctor as well. It's like, yeah, they, you know, they didn't go to the library to get got by the Vashonarada. They right. went to go check out a library. So she's like, he was probably like, oh, we can go here and give you some rest and, and relaxation. And they happened. ran into another monster. And she's like, take me to the spa and yeah. then you go away. <laughs> you. Because the last, yeah, exactly. And it's like every time, like she already knows. That's why. And I appreciate that, especially given that like, 
So, you know, the doctor is usually able to kind of like seduce his companion into like going to these things with him just by being like, oh, it's Barcelona, but it's like <laughs> Barcelona in space or like whatever. Um, and like being able, he's able to kind of just like reel them in. And like, you know, he's already got them on the TARDIS or whatever, but that's like part of his thing is being like, oh, I can show you all of these things. And like, she's like, you know, space is cool. I'm going to go to the spot on I can like look out at past this 15 foot thick wall or window and like look at the extonic rays and also get a face mask and a massage and like I think that her just like no you know she was ready to travel with the doctor she had all her stuff together mm-hmm. but, with, but like being able to understand like okay I need a second and then not being swayed by him and his like woohoo let's go you know just being like I need a minute to myself Y'all can, you know, you go do your thing and I'll see you at the end. Like, it's, yeah. yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. She knows, you know, what she needs and self that self-care is important. And yeah. she didn't want to be stuck on a bus for four hours just to look at something for 15 minutes and then take another four-hour ride back. She was just like, okay, but I could be laying here. I think that it's a really good characterization of the, relation, of the relationship between the doctor and Donna at this point that she feels confident, like, advocating for herself. Like, like you were saying, Bayana, like, he turns on the charm and all this stuff, and, like, he's got, like, all these things to lure people into, like, going on these adventures with him. And she, at this point, is like, nah, I mean, I still love you. We'll still have dinner later, but I'm doing this. And (laughs) go have fun. And he seemed Um, to be chill about it, too, which was good to see. He was just like, okay. And honestly, I was staring at... David Tennant, like, oh, look at his face <laughs> because he mm-hmm. loves her so much. But like in that platonic way, and it was mm-hmm. just like really nice because he was just, the way Tennant was like having, you know, like acting. It was mm-hmm. just like the smile was really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, he was on his Aladdin. I can show you the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you don't want to come? I mean, you could. And she's like, no. He's like, okay. And then he gets on the thing and he's just like, so who wants to talk? I was like, (laughs) you extrovert, you like, come on. A lot. He doesn't, I mean, that's like a consistent thing about the doctor. Like the doctor does not know how to stay still. Does not know how to just mind his business and be, you know, one with himself. He's like, no people, let's do this. Let me learn things. The entertainment system, like, so uh, it's broken. It's broken. Oops. Don't know what happened. How about we talk Guess to we each other? Guess we talk to each other. <laughs> um, I also love, though, that, like, whenever the doctor, which we see a lot more with Moffat's doctor, it's like, whenever he does get broody, it, like, is very bad for him. Never. I mean, even with Tennant and his, like, post-Rose, like, I just want to be alone type of thing, it doesn't yeah. fit him, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you can see that as being as, as him brooding or him like grieving because you're like, no, who you are, you don't want to just be alone. That's not <laughs> how you operate. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But I, I also, like- also was wondering. Um, so he does shut down the entertainment system. Which why is it like that? Like I that was could awful. never, could never. But it's interesting that that might be another factor to why the creature finally decides to attack because it was suddenly silent on this thing because otherwise I guess the power goes out at some point so it like my brain moved on from the thought but when he turned it off I was like oh 
what if that's something to it? Because usually the creature has nothing to... No one's talking to each other. The creature has nothing to cling latch to. onto. Oh, no boy. I get what you're saying. Um, because they're constantly mm-hmm. listening to this. No one shuts it off. It's three things going at once. Plus, you know, people with their headphones in. No one's doing anything. So they just go and then they see it and they come back. But now it's like, oh, the ship is silent. <laughs> I might have something right. to work with here. Um, but then I was like, oh, the power does go off later. So I wonder... It probably would have still, you know, happened the same way. Yeah, but that, I mean, that's the thought. Like, because the whole thing is, like, that's the other part of it is, like, them talking is, like, a big part or, like, point. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, we don't have Donna, but we do have a bunch of other people. Um, we have this family of three. So, there's Val, Biff, which, like, literally, I was just Biff. like... <laughs> Yeah, sir. That's on purpose. <laughs> like, wow. Um, absolutely and on then, purpose. And Merlin. And then, and Merlin. yeah, I'm just like, and yes, and Merlin. Um, but in this one, he's called Jethro. And they're like, it's like the classic, like, he's like the moody, like, emo teen who's like into, he just was like, there's a part where he just gets real into what's going on. And he's like, six, six, six. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, please have you some chill. You. But he is also like of, you know, most of the people on here are trash, but he's one of the few that are, that is not, you know, he's a teen. So he thinks his parents are corny and like, not cool. Um, and, and then they're right. just like, Oh, you're a kid. What do you know about anything? And like, and you're... he's also heard all of their stories before. Like there's this right. moment his dad is telling the story and he's like mouthing what's coming next. Like mm-hmm. he's bored or he's bored he, by them. Ooh, yeah. Oh my gosh. What a moment. That's a lovely Easter. Well, framing oh. Easter. Egg, oh like yeah. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. <laughs> Just like, Yikes. Oh, someone who can tell your story at the same time uh-huh. as you, because you've told it enough. Ooh, got chills. Okay. RTD. <laughs> I see you. You out um, here. <laughs> And then there's Sky. I want to say Sylvester is yeah. her last name. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's, like, traveling on her own for the first time. She just found out that, like, her wife does not want to be with her anymore. So much so that she, like, moved to a completely different galaxy. So that's awkward. Um, I also and we get another rose while I had someone move to a different universe. Mm, it's true. You didn't break up, though. <laughs> no. Right. You but I also the wall. wonder about this ex because when Sky starts freaking out, she says she's gonna come from she says she was gonna come for me or something mm-hmm. like that. Like she was scared and she says she was uh she said she'd get me. It's coming yeah. like she was so so um uh what's the word? Um Shooketh. <laughs> Correct. Um, parano- paranoid is not, I don't think is the word that I want, but paranoid, threatened, I don't know what the word is that I want, but she was scared for herself specifically um, because it seemed like there was a reason for her to be and not just because the situation was scary. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, she's sure. traveling alone. Yeah. Um, and then we have the pr- uh, Professor Hobbs. Um, and then I guess, like, his assistant or intern or something, Didi, um, Hobbs just, like, emits big, mediocre white dude energy. Like, that is his bag. Absolutely. Yeah. He's very securely tight in that. Um, Didi, on the other hand, is, like, she is a student, and so she's, like, working for him, and it's, like, a summer kind of, you know, job or whatever. Um, but she also get from, like, the beginning that she's very knowledgeable. She, and, and not just about, like, her 
kind of like focus in school, but also just about a lot of like her dad is a mechanic, so she like knows things about that. And she wrote this paper on the lost moon of Poosh, which is a great. Um, I love that. Just yeah, because I forgot I love that it way, was brought up in this episode. Yeah, like the way that they're lacing in these like missing planets for the finale is mm-hmm. so great. But so like you can tell that she is like super smart. Um, whereas like the professor is very much like, you know, he has had like validation in like academia and he's like, you know, I've been, I've been on this trip 14 times. I've done all this research. He's probably like well-published and all this kind of stuff. So he's like feeling his Wheaties. Um, (laughs) and it's also very much like, like in his head, like whatever he says is what is just is the truth so like as things start going wrong he's like that can't happen that's impossible or like Mm -hmm. this has never happened it never happens and it's like okay it may have never happened up until this point but it's happening now so like get with what's actually going on as opposed to what your idea of how things should go it's also really funny because he is also very easily swayed by the crowd Mm -hmm. yeah um you know, when he's like, I'm telling you that this is this and this is that, but then, you know, let mom and Jethro and Biff or whatever her name was. Biff <laughs> and Cheryl, was absolutely Biff. Biff <laughs> and Cheryl, like, yell out enough and he's like, well, maybe this is, you know, like, this is the thing or, so he's all, he is, he is like, he is full of himself, but he's also not, he's got like thin skin. He's freaking yeah. right. Yes. And you can, yeah, and you can see that in, and that's partially probably why he has gotten to, you know, the power that he has or whatever. But then it's also, you can see that in those situations and with the way that he, like, reprimands Dee Dee. So anytime Dee Dee is trying to talk to the doctor or trying to speak up, and oftentimes, like, nine times out of ten is saying, like, the right thing or the correct thing, um, then he's like, oh, don't be bothersome. Oh, like, don't bother this person. Oh, like, whatever. Like, don't speak out of turn. Um, Which, and just yeah. kind of like dimming her so that he can seem like he's the all knowledgeable and like the one who actually knows what's going on when he really doesn't. Yeah. And yeah. So the thing with him that's so interesting in that fashion is that so he is the professor and then obviously the doctor's the doctor and they both have because of their title, people look to them for like as the leader of the group, like everybody in the group, especially once they started turning on the doctor was just like, well, professor you would mm-hmm. know and like you were saying by Hannah like he doesn't know anything really so he's just like uh well whatever she's saying and like kind of backs everybody up but it kind of shows how the doctor gets around so easily because it's just like oh well you have this big title and you're a white man so people will look to you in a, in a moment of crisis but right. it kind of goes against the doctor's favor in this moment because there's a rival for the position I guess Except mm-hmm. that he actually knows what he's doing and he actually doesn't talk to his companions the way that um, the professor talks to his, essentially, companion. Because it's this right. young girl who's traveling with him and he's showing her this, like, you know, rare event that he can, oh, like, I've done this many times. Like, it's the same energy the doctor has. Mm-hmm. It's just the mirror image of how he handles those situations. Um, so I really liked that uh, yeah. parallel. And that I also have. really like the way that the doctor interacts with Dee Dee because he reinforces like her knowledge and is very Mm -hmm. much like what are oh you're clearly the expert in this thing so let me ask you about her like oh you're talking about the lost moon poosh like oh like what's what is that you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um and so he very much is like clearly you 
no, you know, he, he disregards professor way more than he disregards. <laughs> <the people>. mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so it was just very kind of like encouraging in a way that Hobbes is not. And so that part is, it's nice to see like, but I mean, like, I feel like the doctor is like that often when he finds out who the smart people are, he's like, all right, what are y'all doing? As opposed yeah. to, you know, when he realizes, oh, you really don't know. And, and, you know, and it's also very much smart as opposed to in, in terms of like, not just books, because like, yeah, Hobbes knows things. He's done a lot of research, whatever, but he can kind of, he can, it's able to like find the nuances in that and then like kind of gravitate towards. He can smell the ones. fraud. Yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, because the other thing too is like he also looks about... at Jethro. You know what I mean? He's looking yeah. at the people who are paying attention. Like mm-hmm. Jethro is like being very observant. Dee Dee's being very observant, and they're trying to figure out an answer to what's going on. And so he doesn't get swayed by who's the loudest, mm-hmm. um, right? And like, and that was one of the that, that was the thing I was going to say earlier is like Jethro and Dee Dee, and like the hostess to an extent. Like she was tripping for a second, but like <laughs> still, like he like those are the three who were the most like ignored and like looked down on and like silenced but they're also the three that actually are getting things done and are like doing what needs to be done um and actually thinking um whereas like the rest of them are kind of just reacting cool and then there's the hostess who is like very much like this is her day job you know yeah. <laughs> like she's like i gotta clock out at what's like, and, and it's very much like you know because it's it's a um kind of modeled after like stewardesses on planes and like the whole kind of you know here's Mm -hmm. all these snacks and all this stuff and like you know aren't you know keep your seatbelt on whatever Mm -hmm. um but she also was like not here for the bullshit so like the doctor's like oh uh like when she's like so i have to warn you that like some package some of the packages may contain nuts and he's like oh that'll be the walnuts or whatever the The thing whatever the peanuts um and she's just like Uh uh-huh okay and just like moves on and you can also see like the way in which certain things become routine to her like she says ladies gentlemen and variations thereupon and variations (laughs) thereupon and like so i used to do this too where you say the same things over and over again so that it just becomes like you know yes so you could see in in which she would be Mm -hmm. saying a sentence completely separate but if she had to use the words ladies, her brain would go, ladies, gentlemen, and variations there. <laughs> yes. Like, right. she just, like, has yes. that. It's that kind of, like, customer service brain you get when you're actually good at customer service. Because as someone yeah. who's worked in a lot of customer service with people, um, you know, there are plenty of employees who just never get it. Like, they never train their, themselves because they really don't want to be there and don't care at all. But, like, she clearly cares enough about her job to just, like, have the routine. Like, you just come up with something to say and then you just have to say it every time. Like, it's not yeah. you know, that's why customer service, like, it's really difficult. But also, if you do it right on your end and people aren't tripping, it could be relatively easy. It's just that people be tripping all the time. Um, <laughs> so, like, right. you know, you know, if the day's going fine, it's just like, yeah, she's, you know, in her routine. It's going okay. She talked to, you know, her homies up front. Oh, the the the, the sound system's gone down. Ugh. And she, you could just tell, like... Uh. She's just, like, really trying to, like, do Make her... Like, it, as it goes down, and she's like, uh, like, really? Like, I gotta have... the I gotta be on the one where, like, this is malfunctioning. It's not people right. are gonna complain, and now I gotta deal with that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. she's very much just trying to get on with her job. And so that's the team... And, and also, like, the doctor is not helping. No. <laughs> and so that was like one of the other things. It's like I love him in this episode, but he's very much like he's just like, oh, looks like the 
uh, the systems off and like, oh, I'm here's my just flashing the psychic paper. I'm gonna go to the front. And she's just like, no, fam, like you can't do that. Or he's, you know, messing with paneling. And she's like, sir, can you just go to your seat? You know, like just yeah, all yeah. these little things. She's trying very much to like contain. You're not going to touch that. You don't need um, to be doing that. Yeah. Why are you doing that? And so, like, it just, yeah. She's just not here for all that. <laughs> so they, like, go on their, you know, about to lead off on this journey or on this journey or whatever. And I'm just like, why am I? Like, this is where I'm Dada. Because I'm like, oh, you know that she found out that the windows would be down the whole time? Like, you can't even right. look at anything on the four-hour journey? At least, like, if I have to go to D.C. or something and it's a four-hour journey from New York, it's a, it's a it sucks or whatever. But at least I can look out the window. And that's why Donna was like, no, thank you. And you can't yeah. even, like, see what's happening. They have to take this detour. And then the, um, the end, what, the, the vehicle stop, like, the engines need to be, need to stabilize? They're purposefully vague. And that's kind of the, one of the sparks for everyone kind of getting really paranoid. Because I think it's, maybe it's not Dee Dee, maybe it's Val or whatever her name is, Cheryl. Um, who's just like, what does that mean? And just need to be stabilized. What? What is? Right. What is that? I don't understand. Like everyone starts to immediately, immediately freak out. Like there's no, Oof, there's no irritating. <laughs> there's no like so leaning irritating. into it or like easing into yeah. it. They're just immediately like, like, like what does that mean? I don't understand. Yeah, and it was like the first. At least, at least when they first like you know, talk, you could at least ask your questions and then be like, cool, okay. But the senator like, we can't breathe. Oh my god! And you're like, can you just. <laughs> I need you to relax. The doctor is like, Didi, please explain to these buffoons <laughs> what is going on. <laughs> please. Like, you know. You know what's happening. <laughs> like, we are not suffocating. Come on. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, then the, then the, the thingy. The sh- is it a shuttle or the, the, the vehicle? The, yeah. A the shuttle, shuttle. The yeah. bus. Whatever. It's, yeah. It stops. And so, everybody's, like, freaking out. The doctor goes to speak with the driver and the mechanic. And he he just like comes in and he's like, oh, what's going on? And they're like, oh, we're stabilizing. And he's like, um, not what's going on. Um, but then they realize that like, so the shuttle, everything's fine, except that it's not moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so then that's like, that has to be something that the creature did, but. It seemed far away for that. Because Claude yeah. like looks out the window you know, the yeah. doctor's like, so... And the rest of the real reason why he went up front, really, is that he's just like, oh, the, the vehicle stopped, but also, I could probably convince them to raise the shades a little bit. <laughs> he just, yeah. like, absolutely took advantage of the situation, was just like, so, you know, we got a few seconds. We just gonna be sitting here. Why don't you just, you know, raise the window a little bit? And they're like, uh, it's exotic sun. That would be bad. He's like, no, 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 no. Just, just raise a little bit. And, like, y'all know you got, like, six seconds. <laughs> They got it. And so that also makes me wonder, like, if they hadn't seen it. I don't know. It's not that the rest of the Claude's paranoia, like he sees the shadow and he's just like, what's that? I don't I think I saw something. And Oof. it starts the it start. It's part of the, the beginning of the paranoia towards the audience. But it's not like the rest of the cabin doesn't hear him say that. And so. I low-key wanted for a second to be like, see, this is the doctor's fault. Because if they hadn't been looking out the window to see the thing, but then it would have just come for them anyway. Because, still, yeah. yeah. Um, but the paranoia begins when he sees the thing 
And then I guess it just, like, comes for them and starts knocking on the outside of the thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Because he was like, what is that? It's coming straight to us. Like, oh, yikes. Y'all and then Doc's just like, okay, I'm going to go. And leaves the two of them back up there freaking out mm-hmm. by themselves. Uh, and then they get got. They get got. They get got. And of course he goes back and then everybody's like freaking out. And then the minute he says that everybody's safe, <laughs> they're, I guarantee, they're aggressively I not safe. I guarantee you're safe. Knock, knock. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, doctor's looking around I, like, really? <laughs> Y'all could have gave me like five more seconds. Like just right. give me like a little, a little bit more time. Clearly something's outside. Everybody's freaking out because, so, I mean, it starts immediately copying. Yeah, the knocking. Like it, it knocks on its own first but then when people are responding then he's like okay and then I think the doctor does like three knocks and then it's like all right three knocks and then (laughs) somebody else says four and then (laughs) so it just like keeps you know getting more intense yeah and so um and then Sky is the one who like we get like everybody is freaking out and like we there are a lot of moments in the episode where like everyone is shouting at the same time like it's just like a cacophony of voices and it's just like y'all need to chill um but clearly sky is the most afraid and so at a certain point they all kind of not calm down but are kind of like in shock as they realize that like she's like freaking out at a level that's like more than the rest of them are you know Mm -hmm. and Mm because she's like clutching her face she's like oh my god it's coming for me and they're like wait hold up something's coming get me yeah like and so they're like wait hold up and at the same time that 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 happens, that's when the, the cabin is, you know, gone. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, so it's just this moment where everybody's freaking out and then, like, the power goes out, which is just a great, you know. Because <laughs> so, that's exactly what wanted to happen at that moment. That's what exactly. had to happen. That's, that's what had to happen. Comfortable, yeah. Yeah. But I, and I think that the cabin, the, the pilot's cabin being ripped off is a big part of why, um, the hostess becomes the realest one in the room because she mm-hmm. would have been working with them every day. Like those are her homies or at least her colleagues. Right. And so there it's ripped off and we only see them once and like no one in the cabin actually sees them. And so they kind of have this air of they don't care. And she's like, this thing killed two people. Like she's the only one who keeps bringing up that refrain that like this yeah. thing is a murderer. So and yeah. and it's true, but also if you think about like the fact that she works with them, it like hits so much closer to home that like, no, it killed people that I know, as opposed to these right. people, like everyone else doesn't know them. So it's kind of like, oh right, <laughs> people died, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, we saw them. It's not like they're yeah. just oh the pilot that the unnamed or like mm-hmm. un pilot. We know more about the pilot's um, name than we ever learn about. Um, the hostess. The hostess. Mm-hmm. Or the um, monster. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So then, first of all, let's just let's just get this one out the way. <laughs> Give Leslie Sharp her <laughs> things because, my God, the acting. The acting. I was shook. It. Mm. I honestly, that's one of the reasons <laughs> I, I like feel like this episode. No, I mean this episode is so good in part because every time it's just it's like you know i've seen that episode at least three maybe four times before watching it for this and like each time i'm like yo this is wild R- riveted yeah like i was yeah. playing pokemon 
Uh, I'm still, like, every once in a while, like, just staring at the screen, like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> remember like, oh, when we were going to, were we going to London or were we going to Dublin? And there was a woman that kind of looked like her on my <laughs> no. flight. And I was like, no, no, got it. Like, make it, no, I don't yeah. want to. Get me off. Stop it. Yeah, that was not the time. <laughs> I was like, I think it's her, and I was trying to like, <laughs> I was like trying to get her to, um, trying to get Diana to like calm me down. Also, like, <laughs> don't take a picture of it. But I was like, listen, <laughs> I don't land. This is you what happened. happened. Oh my it god, was Sky Silvestri, ma'am. Yeah. Um, quick thing, uh, before when the lights go out, the TV like flashes, <laughs> and Rose is like. Doctor. Yeah. Doctor. yeah. I don't like nobody was like, hey, who's that blonde on the TV? <laughs> like, there was a good time. But, I mean, granted, they had a lot of other things happening. There was a lot like, going on. <laughs> I'm not going to miss it, actually. I was like, is that? Oh, yeah, that's Rose, because we're in the middle of this nonsense of her. Yeah. Trying to rip entire universes apart. <laughs> you know, as you know. As you do. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they realized that the cabin was gone because they opened the door, and then I assume that's when the thing gets in. So it's unclear, but uh, it seems like that's no, the moment. Because, like, it could be, but but isn't Sky like, the whole time that's happening, isn't Sky like, huddled with, like, her hand in her face or whatever, or, like, her, um... It's after there's, like, a bang or something, and you see the door, you see the dent in the door. Yeah, but I thought that but she, was but when I they, like before they open. I thought before they open the door, she's already like, huh. you know, huddled in the corner, uh, like hasn't. Maybe I, I mean I don't know. I'd yeah, have yeah. to I'd have to rewatch that moment again. I literally just watched it and I'm already like I don't remember. Um, because yeah. I, that does sound familiar because she's huddled in the corner. But I don't think that her being huddled in the corner necessarily means that it's already taken her over. I think it just kind of traps her there, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to. I literally watched it before we started recording, but I don't remember because I do know that I'm like picturing the hostess like walking over, like, oh, we have to check on the driver. And I do think that they were all kind of staring at her as she was huddled in the corner, but no one had pointed out that yeah. she was still in the corner until after the doors opened. And they're like, oh, hold up. She right. hasn't moved from that, mo- right. from that spot. Yeah. Um, so it could have got like, we don't know what it is or how, you know, this se- uh, presumably a sealed shuttle so that nothing gets in how mm. does it get in <laughs> like what's going on i mean how does it get into her you know what <sighs> i mean like it probably if, if it <sighs> can get into a, a human body it could probably slither under a crack or something oh no <laughs> crack in space and time no no um i mean and then you say slither and i go to the i mean room. i'm sorry i didn't mean to say that <laughs> but now i'm really thinking about it <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it because it's not wizard team. But y'all know y'all see it. You see mm. it. I see it. So Sky, they all start realizing that she's repeating everything they're saying. And again, this is one of those like, no matter how many times you watch this episode, it's just brilliant every time because they don't focus on her enough, like when people are talking, for you, the audience, to notice it. Until they start noticing it, but then you're like, wow, she was doing it that whole time because she's yeah. like at a volume where you can't hear the repetition because it's happening after they're talking. And then they're sort of like, wait, hold up. Well, I think that like 
Was she copying them from? Because I know when they, I know when they like realize that she was talking when they're talking at the oh, same time. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Because like this that's time, I'm well, of. I'm gonna, yeah. Because I remember this time I was keep, I was trying to keep track of when she stops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so this time I was like, and like, and, and yeah, like she's in the back, and you can only kind of hear the double up, like mm-hmm. very, like, faintly. you know. Yeah, faintly or whatever, and but it depends on it's still when happening. the camera is focused on her too. Like if the camera's not, if she's not in frame, it's a mm-hmm. little bit less loud than when yeah. you know, like when they are focusing on her, even yeah, when she's copying. Right, and yeah, and when she's and when she's behind, like, and they're having their own conversation, she's like just back and forth, and back, and, forth, and I'm just like. <laughs> I can't I'm stressed but also like the fact that she really had to like just thinking on like a Mm -hmm. just on like the other side of it like she has to know all of those lines Mm -hmm. and then be in the background looking menacing and just repeat like as they're having their conversation she has to be like saying it yeah which is like just that's wild. wild yeah but yeah, but again, this is another moment where everyone just like promptly freaks out. And I feel like, well, I guess like, you know, the doctor at first is like, uh, why are you copying me? Can we not do that? <laughs> and she's like, uh, why are you copying me? Can we not do that? <laughs> um, and, and then like Val really like she, I just need her to not, but like she immediately is like freaking out. And I'm like, first of all, you have Jethro as a son. So like, you can't tell me that you didn't get stuck in like a copy like <laughs> situation, you know? Like, you cannot tell me that that never happened. Absolutely So the happened. fact that she, and like, and you know, I know it's a, like a tense situation and like some shit has, ha- has popped off. The, the pilot and the mechanic are dead. So like, <laughs> sure, like we're at a, you know. But the the way that she freaks out, she's like, she's just she has my voice and she's, what's it called? And whoop, I honestly and like, couldn't decide who I hated most in this episode because she was freaking out. But then Biff was just standing there and I was like, no. But then the professor starts yelling at Dee Dee and I was like, no. And I just mm-hmm. couldn't decide who I hated the most. I, I hated yeah. the mama from Jump. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was already, like, she was annoying from, from the beginning. And then on top of that, she she just had a lot of talk and didn't actually do nothing. So mm-hmm. that was no, she, she was, was like, screaming, screaming at, at other people and never lifted never her finger did. to do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She reminded me a lot of, remember the Hungry Earth, which we'll get yeah. Soon. Well, yeah. I mean, it was uh-huh. a, it was a similar. Yep. I had and the same theme, thought. Yeah, it's the same like kind of theme. Um, yeah, theme. Um, but then also like so so Dee Dee is the calmest because because I think the other thing and like we'll talk about it when we get more into like you know the black part of this episode, but like or the blackness part of this episode, <laughs> but she is very observant. So she's just like like she's obviously freaked out because you know lots of things events have occurred. Um, <laughs> But she's also very much like, okay, what's happening? Why is this happening? Like, still trying to, like, analyze the situation. Whereas, like, Jethro was just trolling because I think, like, he's probably a little scared, but I think it makes him, he's, like, excited to see his parents flipping out. So he's like, yeah. what more can I do since you to let them? And then also my main thing was that they kept talking. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I would have been in the back, sitting in a chair, just like, I'm going to just sit here. Well, I'm not saying nothing. like that from Jump, so... <laughs> Well, yeah, but I mean, but I think that, like, once too, we determine that, like, the talking is the thing, mm-hmm. I would have been like, I'm going to stop because it ain't going to copy me. You know what I mean? Like, I might have said one thing, like, hey, y'all, maybe we shouldn't. And then the minute Sky or whatever said, everybody. hey, y'all, maybe we shouldn't, I would have been like, <laughs> oh, 
that's my time to go. The funny thing is that, like, and the thing, I mean, it's not funny. The, the most infuriating thing is that the doctor's like, shut up, shut up, shut right. up. And they just keep talking over him. Yeah. And then getting more and more freaked out because she's copying them. And I'm yeah. like, y'all know. None she's of them are screaming. like, let's sh-, besides Jethro and, like, that's it, really, Jethro. Like, none of them shut up. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think they all start keep talking because the doctor said stop talking, which yeah. is annoying. It's just like, well, I mean, I know you're all suspicious, a little bit suspicious of him. And the hostess is like, so where did he come from? <laughs> well, I guess that comes a little bit later, but they're still all looking at him like, we don't know you. You came here alone. Like, they actually were all paired up in a way, you know, like they yeah. all came in groups except for Sky. And the doctor, yeah. and they start looking at them both funny because of that. Yeah. But I think my main thing is, is like, no matter who says it, like, even though it's the doctor who said it, but it was just, like, and it, it was mostly Val, honestly, because I think he was, he, I think at one point the doctor was like, all right, y'all, like, shut up so we can figure this out. And then Val's immediately like, <laughs> she's copying me. And it's like, bitch, she copying everybody, please. Right. Like, <laughs> and then immediately goes running to scream special. at her again. It's like, she's just going to copy you some more. Like, it's not going to do anything. So shut up until we figure out, like, the next move. So it was like, like, I get it because I think the other thing, too, is, like, the doctor is so used to people just listening to him. Yeah. Um, and, like, taking what he has to say and being like, okay, cool. I don't know why I'm following what he has to say, but I'm going to just do it. Right. Um, he seems like he knows what's going on. That, yeah. And this is one of those moments where it doesn't happen. Um, for, like, you know, lots of reasons that have to do I think mostly I mean again it goes back to the little like the colonialist narrative and like that moment where Val asks him if he's an immigrant uh, and it was I like can't. what that was the moment where I was just like wait I might hate her the most no she's <laughs> awful but like it was that but you know it's very much about them being afraid of like the outsider yeah and then yep. like and like very much being xenophobic and so the reason that they kind of latch onto the doctor is like the enemy as opposed to like literally the monster who's sitting there copying their, they're copying them mm-hmm. um, is because he like, he came alone. Like you were saying, Connie, he, he just is kind of like, Hey, what's going on? Whatever. And, but they don't know anything about him, which is like in, in on that particular part, like that's fair because he is very much like just a mystery and like very vague about who he is yep. um, in general. But they immediately latch on to him being suspicious because they don't know anything about him because he's like, Oh, I'm not from around here. And they're like, like an immigrant, but it's like, y'all, y'all are literally in space. So <laughs> right. on like an first, alien planet. also on a planet where no one can survive. So you are right. all not from around here. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. So that, that was, that part too is just like, I think, you know, I, it's one of those things that I, like, I think it might come up. Uh, a bit like now that that Jody is the doctor, but that's one of those things that I was like really interested and am still really interested to see and like how she like navigates as the doctor, like people mm-hmm. just kind of disregarding her. And I think this is one of those few moments when the doctor is a dude where people are like, "Why should I listen to you?" Yeah, and yeah, like you know, and similar. He's like getting frantic, reasons. frantically trying to claim that back, like get his mm-hmm. power back, um, and how it goes horribly wrong because oh, yeah. the monster's like, oh, so you're the one I should be paying attention to then. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But before that, so they all start freaking out because she they notice that she's talking after them and then talking with them, which, as Bayana noted, like, you've got to say all of those lines. Because like, they're talking each 
on top of each other. So you got, ooh, mm-hmm. ooh child. And then, yeah, because then when you start speaking at the same time that they're exactly. speaking, that's like... I can't even... What a um, time. So, I mean, there's that one framed, like, it's one thing that I, like, <laughs> as a film nerd was super into, mm-hmm. is when they're staring at each other, the doctor and Sky, and Ooh. they're saying the lines. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they're just like... Yes. I was really into it. <laughs> yeah, because it happens um, twice. Like, once... Um, when he's like, oh, wait, she's talking at the same time. And he's like saying all of his like classic lines. And he's like, Dr. <laughs> right. Rose Tyler, Martha Jones, Donna Noble, Tardis or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and then later when like she starts to steal his power is like voice or whatever. And so I noticed like it happened twice that framing. And I was just like, wow, this is so good. Um, but before, mm-hmm. like the once they start noticing that she's talking at the same time and he's just like, so she even knows all the weird things that I know because like, there's no way you could predict the things that he's going to say or when he's going to yeah. stop. Um, the hostess is like, so she's, she got to go. Yeah. Like we just go have to throw her out, <laughs> which mm-hmm. I guess, you know, she's not. Wrong. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's funny her because like, is, is I was definitely right. like, I was definitely like, wow, you tripping. But then also like, I'm kind of like, but I get it. Right, you know? especially when I keep yeah. reminding myself that she knew the two. Like once they figure out, like this must be the thing that was outside and murdered the the pilot and the mechanic. Like those were the her people. Like she's t- the only one left of the people that she knows. So she's mm-hmm. just like, well, this thing killed them, so she gotta go. Goodbye. And the doctor's like, okay, but I am a protector of all creatures except when I decide that they get to die or whatever. Um, and he's just like, not on my watch. I will not murder it. It is a new species. And what are they going to see about humans? This is one of the other things, too, that like this is also where he kind of fucked up. Yes. Is because, like, and this is what he does all the time when he discovers new things or when he he's doesn't know the answer so to something. Fascinated. He's very excited. And, like... I get it, right? Like, it's scary, and he's scared, and he he knows that it's serious, but it's like, it's like the, um, the clock people in, uh, Girl in the Fireplace, where he's like, wow, you are beautiful. I'm gonna (laughs) fuck you up. Like, you finna get this work, but just, like, wow. Want you to know that I appreciate you. You know, I, you know, you smart, you loyal, but, but we gotta... We don't have to dead this, but like I, so it's that kind of like he's so excited about a discovery of like new, especially coming to this planet where like they keep saying it's uninhabitable, there's nothing there, it's you know it's abandoned or not maybe not even abandoned, just like no one's ever lived there. Um, so the fact that there is someone, he's very much like whoa, like let's learn things, and that's and that's a other thing like with him talking to it, like I wasn't as frustrated because I could tell he's trying to figure it out as opposed to just screaming right. at. Yeah, it, to say like stop it. Yeah, because um, he was testing the limits of how what it's gonna do, how it's gonna do it. Like he's actually right trying to learn something as opposed right. to just being like, ah, I hate it. Stop taking my voice. Um, like how about you just don't use your voice? How about that? Um, <laughs> like I said earlier, shut up then. Okay. Exactly. So yeah, so I just so so that's like one of the things that trips him up because he's very excited, and then they see that, and so they're like, well then, what the hell is going on with you? But you're excited about this. Yeah, exactly. They're like, what the fuck are you then? Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's like, I'm not from around here. And they're like, oh. (laughs) So you mean we could throw you out too? (laughs) And I mean, I think like Dee Dee is one of the first to agree with the hostess, but it's also, but it's less coming, it's, it's not coming so much from a, 
emotional or like standpoint as it is from like I'm, I've peeped, I, I see what's uh-huh. happening here. Yeah. And it seems like that might be the best way to just get it over with so that we're mm-hmm. all safe. Yeah. Um, and I say that because, first of all, she's not screaming like some of these other people, <laughs> but also because when it becomes clear that, like, like once things change and it becomes clear that that's not the right thing, she backtracks and, like, yeah. switches her, changes her stance on it. Yeah, but I mean, then the doctor is like, would y'all really murder her? Y'all, you, you want to show that these people, how humans really are, what's upon her? Like, yep. He said, are y'all about that life? And they were like, we are. Yep, we absolutely we are. are. Okay? Completely. You could go, too. <laughs> like, that honestly, like, the hostess was, re- like, I, she was, she was wrong, but I, I appreciated that. Like, on her stance, it wasn't so much about the, like, like, where, like, where it was, like, Val was, like, oh, you're an immigrant, whatever, fuck, but, like, the hostess was, like, if you gonna stand in front of her, like, I'll do what I gotta do. We know, <laughs> like, she's, like, it kill people. And so if you're going to defend it, then like you too can hop out of the thing. I got no qualms about it. Yep. Like whatever, like you could go. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's rough, but I also think, you know, she, of like of the group, I think that she, her decision was emotional, but it was also the most like, mm-hmm. like she thought about it. Right. She didn't just say it. And even when the doctor was asking them these questions, like, is this really what you want to do? She didn't just say yes right away. She thought about it. And then she was like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> She's like, it's her or me. Mm-hmm. And I'm good here. Yeah. <laughs> and so they are kind of quibbling with the doctor about, like, why he's the one to be able to make this decision. And <laughs> Bayana's favorite line uh, appears, but we'll get to that later. But they, because he kind of, like, starts to be like, I'm the smartest in the room, Sky's like, oh, are you the smartest in the room? So she starts yeah. to only follow his voice, and everyone that makes everyone even more suspicious because this is like, mm-hmm. well... Well, what's special about you now? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the doctor, you know, gets up in his face in that second iconic scene, you know, framing thing. And it starts to do it at the same time. But you could tell that it's taking over and it like starts to be able to move mm-hmm. its hands where it was trapped before. And the doctor can't mm-hmm. move. And you're like, oh, no, what's going to happen? <laughs> and, then, and then she's only like a little bit ahead of him. Yes. And then like all the way ahead of him. And then you're just like... <laughs> The ghetto. <laughs> like, the ghetto. Why? Why? It's, it's stressful, but, like, very good. And so when this happens, though, everyone, except for Dee, thinks that the monster has tra- transferred to the doctor. And this is a thing that they kind of, like, work themselves into as opposed to, like, taking what has actually... They're not, like, and I think that's part of the reason why Dee is like, nah, that's not... Like, the minute somebody says, oh, it's transferred to her, like, to him, she immediately is like, that's not what happened. They and they don't listen like, to her. I saw it happen. And I'm like, where no. did you see this happen? And then, and then the other thing, too, is, is like, it's clearly the next step in the progression. Like, the, it was copying, and then it was talking at the same time as all of you. So, like, obviously the next step would be that they would be talking before you. So, and the fact that they just are like, nah, I saw it pass over to her, or pass over to him. And then, and then... And Sky is like, I'm free. But, like, you can see her eyes are still piercing. <laughs> She's, She's so great looking. Like, like, the actress is doing a great job. But, like, 
Sky or the the monster is like the acting is so not good. So I'm just like, how did y'all fall for this shit? Because very like, clearly he's coming that's not even for where home me. Home. Yeah, I am free. Help me. And then, up. Yeah. And then has a full villain splain moment, and they're yeah. like, make him stop. And Didi is like, she's saying it. What the hell? Like he didn't say that shit. She literally <laughs> just said it right in front of your face. She looked you in your eyes and said that shit. And you're talking about the doctor. Like what is what is happening? No, um, just dumb, just dumb. <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't. They're getting on my nerves. Just all y'all Truly. get out. No, thank you. And like, and you can see like, again, it's like the split where like, and I, I think the other thing too is it's like the it's the people who are supposed to be or who are authority figures, um, and who are like supposed to be like the trusted sources. So like parents and like this professor who's like yeah. tenured and whatever and published and stuff, yeah. like they're very much the ones who are not paying attention and they're just kind of resting on the, I know what's right because of like the position that I'm in. Whereas like Jethro and Dee Dee and the hostess are very much like, okay, wait, like, you know, they, they like Jethro and um, the hostess are very much on the side of, the other three for a minute until things keep progressing and then yeah. they're like okay wait a second this isn't actually right looking at what's happening as opposed to yeah. just as you were saying earlier reacting to what's going on the older people this is like the part of the um mm-hmm. the commentary on like age and stuff like they're reacting out of fear mm-hmm. and jethro and Didi are reacting out of like openness and like curiosity a bit curiosity but also like okay what actually did we just see Mm -hmm. but you know like not immediately because i I think it goes into a why i'm saying it's an age thing too is because they don't have like all of these years of ingrained expectations of what things are Mm -hmm. right right? so they're like okay what am I looking at in front of my eyes? And then how am I skeptical of this? Not based on all of my preconceived notions of what things should be, but like what is actually happening here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Listen, in this era of fake news and all that junk, it like hit even harder that nothing's changed in the like, what, 10 years, 15 years since that episode has aired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those same old people are just like, yep, I, that, this is what happened. That's what I saw. And everyone else is like, but that's not, what actually I, that's happened. not actually what went down. Like, how are you yeah. telling me that you went to this place and this is how it was when I can see with my own eyes that that is not how it is? What? Right. <laughs> exactly. And just very yeah. And then it very much becomes like a like a mob mentality because they're just like yeah we saw it yeah this is what it is yeah and so and so as Dee Dee's trying to like figure out what's happening she then she gets shut down by Hobbs who just like all his just loud and wrong all his like sexist and like racist and like all that just pops all the way out yeah he just shows out shows exactly who he is Mm -hmm. and tells her she's no more than mediocre at best and i'm like wow that must be something you say in the mirror to yourself every day (laughs) if only my god (laughs) reeks of something Oh, wow. it sounds so familiar. You know, you just try mm-hmm. to be in a, try to be in the academic space or really any space, and a white man is up here telling you that you don't know anything. And it's just like, but do you? Like, how did you get here? What makes exactly. you any better than any of the rest of us? And then you find out after years of soul searching. Nope, they didn't know any better. Right. Nope. Nothing. It's like their oh, whiteness is what got them there. Okay. Great. <laughs> Wild. Wild. Good crazy. to know. 
So the hostess is one of the only ones who's really also paying attention, as we're saying. Um, and so she hears the fake Sky use the doctor's catchphrase, and it's just like, nope, something's off with this. Uh, so she rushes the rushes Sky, and you know, does what needed to be done. Finally, mm-hmm. I, it sucks that she had to go too. Uh, yep. I guess you know she just felt like if she had let go of Sky, she wouldn't have. Uh, she would have escaped mm-hmm. the little six-second window that they had. Um, yeah. And then they have to all, you know, the doctor's released from his uh, paralysis, essentially. Uh, after, the, actually, the, I forgot that they all are trying to throw him out the window, out the door. The, the, yeah. All mm-hmm. the guys rush him, and it's just like... Val is screaming, throw him out! Not and all the guys. Jeffro is standing there horrified. He's, well, he's standing yeah. there horrified, he's, but at one point, he does, professor. like, go towards it. And I, I think in the chaos, I became unclear. But he gets closer to it. But I think in the chaos, it becomes unclear on whether or not he's, like, actually prying, helping to pry the doctor's, like, chucks off of one of the seats. But he does go closer. Like, the the moment mm-hmm. becomes so much that he just feels like he has no other choice but to go help. Um, but he is the horrified the longest. And then homeboy, what's his name? Biff? No, that, uh, the Hobbs, the professor... <laughs> Biff is trying to throw the doctor out the door and can't doesn't have enough strength and Hobbs is like I don't I don't I don't think I can do it and he's just like are you a man or not oh my and it was God. just so Seriously. ridiculous like it's just it was so annoying and frustrating but like funny but how ridiculous it is and how it just like well are you gonna help or not like I need help here and he's just like I don't know that I can uh Right. Um, so then Scott, uh, the hostess does what needs to be done. The doctor's released, and they're all kind of staring like, oh. They're and bitch-ass like, Val sit. talking about, <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't want to, I said we shouldn't throw you out. Like, you were the main one. He could, I thought it was he, her all along. I said it was her all along. Like, you switched she heard sides you, every time. He was time. still there. The thing is, is like, the yeah. do- it's not that like, the doctor wasn't there. Yeah. He heard it. Yeah. He, right. He heard you. He was just trapped in his body, but like, he heard you. Yeah, <laughs> I think calling I your husband useless because he could pick up the doctor, like shouting at her son because he wouldn't help. Like, are you serious? You was the main I think one. The other thing that's really interesting about that that moment is how like clearly it's like she's immediately justifying mm-hmm. her actions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's immediately. So it's immediately, let's kill someone, (laughs) Um, which is wild. But then it's also, as soon as things calm down, she's like, how do I make myself feel better about what I was willing to do and and how wrong I was? Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, I wasn't wrong because I was saying it was her. (laughs) And everyone's like, sure, Jan, sure. (laughs) The worst. Yeah. So, like... You know, they all have to sit there They're and like trash. reckon. You know, it's another twenty minutes before the rescue shuttle shows up, so they literally mm. have to sit there in one of the most awkward silences in all of history, I'd imagine. Um, and also, like, I think really interesting. You mentioned the rescue shuttle that she says it'll be an hour, and they cannot they hold it together. Hold it together for, <laughs> right. and then. There's twenty minutes left, so they can't hold it together for half an hour. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes. Literally five minutes yep. for them to crumble. Yeah. Terrible. 
trashed a lot of them. So they get (laughs) back to the to the spa, and Donna, Donna and Doctor, they hug, and it's so precious. It's so beautiful. Not this little. And Donna just looks like, oh my poor sweet precious bean. What have you gone through? Right. I and I'm curious. She was like, I was getting a massage. She already knew too, so I I really wonder like what the story was when they got like on their way back. Like somebody was just like, so I hear that the rescue ship, you know, the shuttle had something go down, and she's because she immediately was just like, let me give you a hug because I know something went down and it was not good. She's probably inside. also like, I already knew going exactly. with you some inside, shit would happen. She was just like, well, mm-hmm. I already, I was I did the right, here, I made so. the right decision. Yep. <laughs> About <laughs> that. <laughs> Thankfully, she's learned some tact and didn't say anything. <laughs> right. She was like, that's why I stayed my ass in the, in the leisure palace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they like have a little conversation about what went down and Donna, he's like, Molto Bene. And she's like, Molto Bene. No, don't. Don't do that. Don't. Yeah. Don't. He's like, I Shook. have had enough Shook of that. Yeah. Also, we'll say, love that his weirdness is what saves him in the end because then when she, mm. the sky, the person, whatever, starts to real fill her ult and thinks she's getting away with something. Mm-hmm. Both the bin and Alon Z, and they're like, and then she's like, wait a second. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So this is like. She stole his voice <laughs> because he had, that, that was like the first thing uh, she he said to her. Yep. And she, and she that just was when like, she was mm-hmm, like, sure, Dan. bye. <laughs> take, take the peanuts and leave me alone. <laughs> okay, cool. Real quick, fun facts from Amazon, which are like, really, I just, I had paused the episode and then I went to something and then I came back and it was right there. And I was like, hmm, the more you know. Um, so <laughs> RTD wrote this episode in three days. So that's annoying but <laughs> i also wonder if that's like wrote and like completed it or like wrote a first draft in three days you know right yeah because apparently fair. according to the tardis wiki um there was another episode written by somebody else slated for that i guess slated for that slot but it was mm-hmm. too close to i want to say unicorn and the wasp so i assume it was a historical um and so mm. they had to like replace it. Mm. And so that's why he had to like such fast turnaround to write it. You know, he did that. TV be like that. Um, but he also did that. Like how? He did that thing. And then the other thing is that the actor who played Hobbs is the son of the second doctor. Hmm. Oh. Five actors in Britain and yeah. three of them got their, their nepotism. Amazing. <laughs> They're basically all related. So Century House was an unproduced script written by Tom McRae. The script was intended as the 10th episode of the fourth series of the of Doctor Who. In it, the Doctor joins a live broadcast of paranormal reality show Most Haunted, investigating an old house purportedly haunted by the Red Widow. While Donna watches at home, the script was dropped because RTD felt that the story's comedic tone was too similar to The Unicorn and the Wasp. They were originally air, originally planned to air back-to-back. He was also unsatisfied with the premise he'd given McRae. The Companion Light script was replaced by Davies' Midnight. Wow. So it was going to be Companion Light regardless. I think so. Which, yeah. like... Probably in, like, something that Catherine Tate's schedule, she could only do, like, <laughs> right? a day of filming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it needed to be companion light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they like shoot all these things out of order, like wildly out of order anyway. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Which is how things like the idiot lantern happen. <laughs> oh, no. Our section, our new section, it couldn't get the alliteration or I couldn't. Curls in space. Curls in space. Yes. Aw. Yes. Space girls. 
Space, space girls. <laughs> space girl. we'll, like we'll, we're girl, workshopping but... it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, next, it. you know, it, it'll have to it'll probably be, it's maybe a, we can find some. It's episode dependent. <laughs> yeah, it's During truly. this series anyway, until Ryan's yeah. back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or Bill. We'll get Bill again. Right. Bill! Bill Fields! So yeah, so I mean, we, we kind of like talked about the hostess and Dee like kind of just intertwined with the episode, so I don't know if there's that much more to say. Kind of going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, about just kind of like the racial dynamics. How, I mean, race, race you know, it, it's intersectional, so not purely race, because, mm-hmm. you know, they are black women. They kind of do this with Jethro and Dee too, in terms of like, when they agree, and they're like, oh yeah, let's do what she said. But the minute the hostess is like, wait, no, like, listen to Dee I don't think this is right. Um, Val is like, she said something about like, oh, you're like, you're, you, you work, you know, not like you work for us, but it was like akin to that. And like, mm-hmm. oh, this is your job. You're not doing your job. And like, you let this happen and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. She does um, turn on her light on some, this is your fault. Very and it's just like, she literally is just an employee. And like, like, she's not even a high ranking right. person here. Like, how is this her, like, she has nothing to do with this. Right. <laughs> it's about, she's just here. Like, Ma'am like how? you are. Yeah. Um, and so, that kind of like dynamic where like it could like them listening her to her and like regarding or you know like acknowledging what she has to say can change and does change at any point in time and then also like they never really take the time to learn about her and to like talk to her everybody else gets a chance to like you know and granted like she's in and out of the room she's doing her job so it's not that like when you know they're sitting around talking before she starts popping off like that they mm-hmm. should have included her because I don't even think that she would have you know, wanted to do that, but, but they, you know, they never take the time to learn her name. They don't really know what's going on with her. Mm -hmm. Um, she's just there. And then she makes this like huge sacrifice. Um, and then, you know, that's kind of it. Yeah. But I think that in a way it fits with like, you know, (laughs) not that they necessarily intended this to happen. I do think that it fits. It does. Uh, especially, just class dynamics everywhere it seems you know (laughs) at least in the western world that's like semi-majority white um where all the white people are in like positions of power and all the help end up being people of color so it's like you know you go anywhere and the stewardess we don't know their names you know the custodial staff anywhere you know all the support staff at most places Um, especially like corporate environments or tourism environments end up being people of color while all the Mm -hmm. people higher up end up being like the pilot was a white guy and the mechanic was a black dude. Like it just Mm -hmm. is laced everywhere. And sometimes, you know, it doesn't always fit. There's obviously lower class white people who work in those positions too. Um, and you know, people of color who rise up or whatever, but just, it just felt familiar. Yeah, absolutely. For her to be in that position, for no one to know her name, and for her to be the one of the only people paying attention, because it's literally her job to pay attention mm-hmm. to her to the people on the shuttle every day. Right, and then also like she is the first one, other than the doctor, to listen to what Dee Dee has to say and like mm-hmm. give her space to she was like explain. Let her say um, something, and, like literally gave her the floor to like explain what she's trying to talk mm-hmm. about. Yeah, and then Dee Dee, hopefully her career goes well after she leaves that dumb professor. It's like, just go back to the school. Like, and wow, like, yeah. So he 
is stupid and I hate him and would like to be transferred to work under another And he professor. tried to kill a person. <laughs> He's a murderer. He's an attempted right. murderer. So I think that you should reevaluate. And like, this is supposed to be his university. Mi- and like, this is supposed to be, yeah. And this is supposed to be her mentor. And it's in like, you know, someone who was like training her and showing her the ropes and like encouraging her and all these things. And really all he wanted was an assistant. Mm-hmm. And so it's very much treating her as such. And she was talking to the doctor about like, oh, this is good experience. But it's like, is it though? <laughs> you know? And he just wanted someone. Like you're not, who... and you wrote this entire paper on the lost moon of Poosh. And you, and he was like, oh, cool. Somebody to get me coffee. Right. And um, he clearly just wanted someone who can, uh, you know, ooh and odd ah his like experience. And then mm-hmm. she wasn't, Brilliant. and she wasn't quite doing that. Cause she has her own brilliant things that she's doing. And he's just like, so, but what about me though? You don't know anything. Mhm. Garbage. Garbage. Yeah. Um yeah. I think the other thing that's really interesting about Dee Dee was she's basically a TA. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. but she and I think that this is like also like Connie what you're saying about things being really like relatable and very true. Um she basically is like explaining away how she's being treated mm-hmm. like, as yeah. it's happening. And you're like, but girl, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just because uh, you're in that position doesn't mean that you have to be treated the way that he is treating you. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But so that's the thing you very, get ingrained to like, yeah, explain it away. Like, no, it makes sense. Cause I'm just the blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, but that doesn't mean that you should be treated this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At all. Yeah, absolutely. So, quotes from the TARDIS. I'll be back for dinner. We'll try that anti-gravity restaurant with bids. Important. Very important. I also just still want to know how that works, because if it's anti-gravity, <laughs> like, what do the bibs actually... Because, like, if the food falls... Where it's like, gonna, where does it... Where like, is, it where, gonna, is the bib, yeah. like, you know, everywhere? Or, like, you know, like, what's happening with the bib? Maybe it's a, a completely round 360 bib that kind of just, like, covers your circumference right just you know all yeah just gotta be a radius uh, around you to <laughs> yeah also, i mean okay so there's gravity and then there's the absence of gravity but anti-gravity i think anti-gravity is the absence of gravity, of gravity? But i think on purpose because there's like okay. gravity but gravity's different everywhere, so I think it just depends on your species and your your home planet. Because, like, in other things, and I think they've said it, like, had this conversation on Who Too, but it's just like, oh, it's 50% gravity or whatever, where it's, like, compared to Earth, you know? Like, the gravity's much lighter, mm. or, like, the moon's less with gravity, but then anti-gravity, maybe they pull, take it away, like, all of it, on purpose. Mm. I think, yeah, the anti-gravity suit is just a suit that, like... zero gravity, yeah. but that was, like, anti-gravity. Yeah, Interesting. I, think it's I don't a, know. I think they're it's they're staging a protest. Um, <laughs> as they say in the old days, wagons roll. I just love, like, I think this... There was another episode where they did this where they're, like, you know, these are humans, obviously, like, very much in the far future, and so mm-hmm. don't nobody say wagons roll, but, you right. know, there's like that as far Betty, as they know... That Betty Boot clip and like all the yeah. fashioned uh entertainment yeah. yeah 
Anti-gravity is a theory of creating a place or object that is free from the force of gravity. It does not refer to the lack of weight under gravity experienced in freefall or orbit, or to balancing the force of gravity with some other force, such as electromagnetism. <laughs> you know, I was like, you got straight into you got into physics. <laughs> I just, you know, it. I was under. I was with it. I was with you, Wikipedia, and then I wasn't no more. Sorry, I'm the doctor. I'm very clever. Uh, you know, that's. It was great. Because true, but also it is what kind of <laughs> makes Sky turn on him. Yeah, I mean, in that moment though, when he says it, like I think he's talking to the pilot driver yeah. Joe and mm-hmm. um, and Claude, and so like, he like it. says a bunch of stuff, and they're just kind of looking at him like, "How do you know all of this? How do you know this?" And also like, yeah. "I don't even know some of this stuff." And he's like, "Okay," and he's just like, "Don't worry about it. I'm just really smart. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> just roll with it. Just go. Just go with me here." This little bunch of humans, what do you amount to? Murder? Yes. And then, and then the hostess is like, yep. Like, yep. <laughs> no, I am. I do. Um, and what about it? I loved this whole scene because it is, I mean, it kind of gets him in trouble in the end because it shows how different he is. Yeah. But it, it is very in line with who the doctor is of like, show you're going to show people who you are and if this is who you are like mm-hmm. these are the like fixed points in time and all these other things in which like you reveal your true selves mm-hmm. and they're and the humans were like trash trash yeah. is our self. they're <laughs> like you told me to to be you know to be who i am right and you i'm a I'm saying? pile of garbage <laughs> <laughs> i'm finally free to express myself, you know, to be my true self. Um, okay. And then I'll let you have this one because. Because I'm clever. <laughs> <laughs> Bayana be pulling this out uh, in the Slack, in messages, on Twitter. <laughs> She's just like. It's my favorite. It's, it's pretty great. Um, it's so, because he's so over. He's just like. He's yeah. annoyed. And that's the thing is like, he absolutely should not have said it in that moment, but it's so good. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, this is why y'all should listen to me. I don't know how many times I'm I got to tell you. I'm smarter than you could even think about being. Yeah, like, just please. And I'm <laughs> like, not, and how smart I like, am doesn't even being, register to y'all. Yeah, and he's not being like, I mean, he's being a little cocky, but he's also just like, it's the truth. Mm-hmm. So he's like, can y'all just listen? I'm not just saying shit. I mean that. <laughs> I'm very yeah. smart. I think it's also, like, part of the, your puny little brains can't even comprehend, so mm. I'm clever. That's all that I think that you guys can understand. Yep. <laughs> Believe me when right. I say, I'm kind of fucking smart. That was Midnight. A banger. <laughs> Robin. When um, am I going to win one? Well. I don't know, Robin. When are you going to win one? Y'all well, are. Figure it out. <laughs> you hoes are not loyal. <laughs> lies uh check us out at blackgirlscreate.org you can follow us on twitter at we black and nerds follow Bayana at yana underscore hollows follow robin at robin underscore ravenclaw and follow me at constar24 use the hashtag tarbis when you're listening along uh you can also join our slack where we have conversations about doctor who in mostly one channel but you know we are whovians so they leak out into other channels yeah, rate and review us on iTunes and where podcasts are found. 
Um, we are also a part of Hard Knock Media. We have a part of the Nerds of Color podcast network, including the podcast Hard Knock Life, Southern Fried Asian, DC TV Classics, Ask Spy Girls, Daisy Geek Girls. We're not all ninjas in that moment. Um, and you can check all these podcasts out at hardnocmedia.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next month talking about an episode from season five. Make sure to keep an eye out for the Twitter poll and to vote on which episode we will discuss. You'll be choosing between The 11th Hour, Vampires of Venice, and Vincent and the Doctor. All right. 30 seconds to convince us. Or you got convince it? them. Why? Yeah, I got it. Uh, Robin's first with The 11th Hour. Ready, set, go. I think The 11th Hour is probably the best regeneration episode. It is the best kind of Doctor Who that I like, which is funny and irreverent and quirky. Um, it if you think back to what life was like when Matt Smith was announced as the doctor and you were like, who is this little child? And then what he brought to the doctor. Um, I think that's just like a really good episode and it's really fun. There's like great montage. It, that's it. it. Mm. <laughs> that was pretty good though. I should write good. these down. I should write these out and then time them and then be ready. What? <laughs> okay. Um, does somebody want to time me? Practice or my can spiel. I time myself? I'm ready. Go. <laughs> okay, vampires of Venice. Uh, there's vampires in Venice. Both of them are Malfoys. So, you know, if you know how we are with like wizard team and shit, we out here, gang, gang. Also, um, there are black people in Vampires of Venice. I don't think there are. I don't believe there are black, black people in 11th Hour or Vincent and the Doctor. It's two of them <laughs> in Vampires of Venice. Okay? <laughs> two of them. And it's fun. You know what I mean? Rory, it's his first episode like uh, as a companion on the TARDIS we got drama between that we got the doctor out here being extra cool I got the point I needed to make I'm good (laughs) whatever (laughs) okay Vincent and the doctor ready set go Vincent and the doctor like one of the best episodes of Doctor Who, Vincent Van Gogh, one of the best, you know, painters in the world. And like, it's such a good episode. It's emotional. It's really smart. Uh, it talks about trauma and grief and depression and with such heart. And, you know, there's timey-wimey stuff and invisible monsters and Amy's crying and she doesn't remember why. And it's just a beautiful episode. And I think we should all watch it together. Yep. That's it. Oh, that was a perfect tool. Constance said, Bam. the doctor because feels. That's basically what she said. That is what I said. Um, But it's, you know, everyone loves that episode. So why wouldn't we want to watch it? It's not time and relative feels in space. (laughs) Could be. Could be. All right, y'all. Thanks. Thank you.